How are you, Ben? Morning. All right, Martin. Yeah, it's it's good to catch up with you again. And uh, so that this morning, um, I, I'm looking to ask a few questions about discipleship. I'm currently studying the subject uh, disciple making in the UK, and I had the great privilege of uh, meeting up with you uh, last year and coming down to Somerset and and seeing what you're doing in Mission Somerset. Uh, and that was amazing. And uh, I'm really grateful, Ben, that you, you can uh, chat with me today uh, just with some of these questions that I've got. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my first question, um, I'd like to ask what, what, in your view, constitutes true discipleship? OK, um, so. I think backing up a bit. I think one of the challenges we have in the UK is that if you go to any Christian or any church or any mission organization, if you ask them, are you making disciples or do you think we should be making disciples? Everyone will say yes. So um, I think part of our understanding is trying to find and understand from the scriptures what Jesus actually meant when he said, go into the world and make disciples. So um, that's the kind of journey that we've been on because I've grown up in kind of churches of various shapes, sizes, flavors, loudness, this, that we think this is important. Others think this is important. Yeah. It wasn't until probably um, when we started mission Somerset, maybe 14 years ago that it really dawned on me that I had no idea how to make disciples according to how Jesus did it um, the apostles did it and then the whole body of Christ did it through the New Testament so I think to if we were to to bring it back to what is true discipleship I think it we'd love it we'd love it to be a certain methodology or Here's the magic thing of now we're really doing true discipleship. I don't think there is kind of true discipleship. I just think there is trying to, with God's help and a lot of grace, follow the examples of Jesus and what we see in scripture. So I think um, discipleship or making disciples is actually more about what God is doing in people's lives than about what we're doing and again that's things that we would all nod and agree with but i suppose for me i realized for me ministry or serving god or making disciples was more about what i was doing it was about me preparing clever sermons or me thinking about how i would inspire and infuse people to do things it was about me being the best leader that I could, looking good, being strong, having all the answers, uh, you know, and all those things are what we think is making disciples. But actually, all of that is not rooted in what is God doing in other people. So on our own journey, when it dawned on me that actually I felt and Catherine, my wife, felt that we needed to come back to, well, what did Jesus actually do? You start to see some interesting 
insights and things that Jesus says. So one thing that he said um, in John 6, I think it is, um, he said, everybody who hears and learns from the Father comes to me. So um, without wanting to make some extreme theology about that, that to me, it, it was an insight that Jesus was saying he was walking around looking for who who was who's learning from the father. Who is God the father drawing to him? So it's actually more about who is God at work in? And am I doing some really small things to help people hear and learn from God the Father and coming to Jesus? Um, and then you read things like Jesus in the parable of the sower. So I think that's Jesus giving an insight into what he was actually doing with his disciples. So I think Jesus said in the Mark 4 version, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand anything. And so my understanding of that parable is that, you know, the word of God is being sown. So Jesus was sowing the word of God and there was people responding in different ways. But there were some people who, despite the challenges and despite their issues and their inadequacies, were not only receiving the word of God for themselves, but were also multiplying it to other people in their family, their friends, or wherever they went. So to me, when I think about discipleship or making disciples, um, I obviously think about what Jesus did with his disciples. But I think about it, it's God's work um, in people's lives that causes them to receive his word and obey it, put it into practice, but also multiply it to those people that they know, they come into contact with in their friends, family, or if God sends them to other places. Um, and it's about God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So for us in Somerset, it's always been about this vision or this question what would it look like if the kingdom of god came in a way that affected the whole of somerset and what would it look like if jesus was known amongst the million people in somerset and i think when you look at jesus and his disciples that's what he taught them to pray he said pray that the kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven and making mm -hmm. disciples is the way that the kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven yeah ben that's great can, can you just give me an idea of what your role is in that so um in that process if you like it as part of that kingdom yeah. coming on earth yep so i think if i if i was to be honest there's been times where i thought i was more important in that role than what i actually am and i spent a lot of time coming up with clever ideas reading about methods that have worked in other countries which is all helpful and all good um but uh you know recently i've i've got a good friend who's living in in uh, the uk now and they saw some amazing things happen in ethiopia where they were working so they're you know 
their kind of the network that they helped to grow and found you know when you're talking about numbers of baptisms and house churches planted you're talking about thousands and thousands and um he when he shares some of his stories what he says is god has done these things not through him but in spite of him and so that's very humbling <laughs> and also quite refreshing because i think the tendency is we think if we have this big mission or vision or however people want to describe it it's easy to think God's given that to us because that's something that we're going to do. And actually, it's more, I think, something that God wants to do. And if we look at Jesus's commands to his disciples, he said, go into the whole world, um, make disciples of all the nations, baptize people and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So I think actually our small part that we are invited to join God in, even though he doesn't need us. Um, we have the privilege, I think, of sharing the gospel and the good news generously, courageously and boldly. We have the privilege of laying hands on sick people and telling them to be well in the name of Jesus. We have the privilege and pleasure of casting out demons. And we have the 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 privilege and pleasure of inviting people to want to know more about jesus so ours really is the invitation to people um helping people read the scriptures and helping them understand it and obey it so that people choose to get baptized and repent um so really we have such a small part to play it's really us helping people to obey the things that god is saying to them through his word and his spirit okay. yeah, um, so it's not like it's not like we don't do anything but god is at work in such amazing ways yeah um and we just do some small things that help people know jesus and obey him themselves yeah so so you you notice where where the seeds are growing going back to the parable of the, the sower and you come alongside those people and um yeah i just i just want to elaborate a little bit on that in in terms of the best way to help them to grow obviously they've got their own relationship with the lord jesus and you're you're going to come alongside those is, is that in groups is that just one-to-one -one? What, what's your experience about best way of helping them to grow in their relationship with the lord uh yeah it's every it's like everything um so if i think about what we do here in somerset which is by no means perfect or highly successful but in some degree is fruitful um it's everything but to me i clearly see that jesus's way of discipling people is community so that's something that we continually share, model, encourage, try and remind people that the tendency can be sometimes when we talk about making disciples, we think that is something that that's what you do after people come to faith. But actually, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what Jesus did. 
um, discipleship, making disciples is the, is the whole thing that, that starts from God being at work in someone's heart, leading them to Jesus, helping them obey repentance and baptism, and ends when he calls them home when Christ is fully formed in them. And as part of that, inseparably, is being part of the church. And so Jesus's church was his disciples, his community, that he taught them to love God, love each other, even though they were constantly fighting about who was going to be the best one and who was going to be sat closest to Jesus in heaven. He taught them to serve. He washed their feet and gave them an example of leadership. And then after only, you know, three years, he said, what you've experienced wasn't just for yourself, it was to multiply to the ends of the earth. So it's not just one-to-one, -one, it's not just groups, it's everything. But um, you can't separate making disciples and, and church, because you can't be a disciple on your own. And if we, if we went to a town to see the kingdom coming in that town where maybe we don't live or we don't know anybody, I see from the scripture that how Jesus taught his disciples to do that would be to look for a household of peace or a person of peace. But again, that's not, an, that's not just an individual person who's going to be a disciple. It's actually a group, a community, an oikos of people that God is at work in who are all going to become disciples who make more disciples yeah. Um, yeah. so absolutely the best way i think is is communities and groups yeah. um yeah. but you know there'd be some element of one-to-one -one if you're meeting up with a developing leader or someone has some deeper issues that you need to pray through or cancel and things like that yeah and, and ben can you tell me kind of some of the practical things you do when you meet up in your gatherings in your church sure um so we always have food so um you know it it really bothers me some of the things that jesus seems to think are important because it's very different to what we think is important so you know in revelation i always heard growing up that jesus is somehow knocking on our the door of our heart and he wants to come in if we let him in but no one ever told me what he would do when he did come in and you would think from growing up in churches that what Jesus would do when he comes in is have a big worship service, pray in tongues all night or sing songs. But he says, I want to come in and eat a meal with you. So there's something quite amazing about eating with people. Um, it slows everything down. It levels the playing field. It means that people can actually ask questions and you can have discussions. You can share your life. So what we generally try and do, um, although it doesn't always happen, but our kind of some of our values that we try and share in Mission Somerset is that we come together, we have food, we start by sharing our highs and lows. So there's a kind of fellowship, caring for each other. So people will go around sharing what's been good that week, what's not been good that week. So that's a way of helping people to be thankful to God because 
if I just turned up with a guitar and said, guys, we're going to worship God now. They don't, and they don't know that. They've not grown up with that. They might not necessarily be musical. Um, and there's actually a lot of, um, we are finding, people with mental health problems and things like depression. So it's really important to teach people to be thankful and to reflect a bit. So we do that. If people have a problem, we lay hands and pray for them. Sometimes that can just blow out and open whole cans of worms. We try and go a flow a bit. And then we will um, open the scriptures. So the thing that we have found helps people to be disciples more than anything else is God's word. So again, it's things that we know in theory. We'd all say that God speaks for his word. But what we've tended to have done in my experience of church life is one person will stand up and give their interpretation of God's word for 45 minutes to an hour. Nobody can ask any questions. And even the way that that truth is presented is this is this is the authoritative of what God's saying. When actually I think Jesus asked a lot more questions. And he was trusting in the Holy Spirit's ability to speak to people more than in his ability to present the absolute truth. So what we would do is we would read a, a part of a scripture or a story. And then instead of someone like me, who thinks they know everything, telling everybody what they need to hear, we would ask questions together. Questions like, what is what is this saying to us? Um, what, or what's this meaning to us? Or what's the message to us here from God? And we would have a discussion around that. So if I was in that group or if someone else, there might be some kind of facilitation around helping people understand it. We try not to go off topic onto other kind of stuff because we're really trying to understand what is God saying to us as a, as a community from this scripture. And then we would ask the question, what is it that we need to do about it this week? So this is where it moves beyond having a nice time of fellowship together with God speaking to actually we're disciples. Because a disciple, as Jesus said, is someone who hears and actually puts things into practice. Yeah. So that's something I've had to learn myself because I've, as I've said, I've grown up going to churches and being in the world of Christian ministry where you, you can just kind of gorge on great teaching and great information and i need more of this and I, when actually i think all the time jesus is saying you don't need any more you just need to put into practice <laughs> something small that you've already received so we found that's the best and most loving way to help people grow is 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 as a community together ask the question what are we actually going to do about it yeah yeah and that's... then and then we would find a way to um, encourage everybody in that community to begin praying and talking to people that they know in their families or where they work. Because as Peter said to the guys in Acts 2, this promise is not just for you, it's for your children or other people who are far off. So um, it's also very chaotic often it will be in a home or a cafe or a workplace so 
those are our kind of loose values and a, and a, a pattern because yeah. we want anybody to feel like they can gather some people and know what to do yeah great but also it all hinges on relationship um relationships with god relationships with each other understanding that jesus jesus is with us when we gather yeah and if we will step back and allow him to lead instead of us doing everything he can do amazing things in people that's great then how often do you meet generally um is there any set pattern or or frequency well so when we when we first started about 13 14 years ago um we were just working in our town somerton for about 5000 people and we would invite people to our house on a Wednesday night. So we gathered for church on a Wednesday night, had food, did the things that we were saying. The reality was most of those people, some of them were unemployed, struggling with different addictions, things like that. So the reality was they were kind of around our house almost every day. So I, you know, there's always this tension of it's good to have a set time. But if you read in the scriptures in the New Testament and ask the question, what when did the church meet? Um, they met it says they met every day. Yeah. So we've gone through different stages, sometimes as a network in Somerset, we gather once a month. So that's people from different towns and villages coming together. Um, with the idea then that people are then going back to their households or their their villages or the people they're meeting with. And we're really trying to encourage them to gather every day. Yeah. And that looks different for different people. Um, but in, you know, as a network in Somerset, we believe that God wants his church to gather from house to house every day and publicly. And for people to be added to the church through baptism every day. So we're really trying to renew our thinking about that. Yes. But it's definitely not a once a week contained thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, every day, regularly, in in and out of each other's houses. Um, and then we're in life. Yeah. And we found ourselves kind of in a season of gathering people in our house, maybe once a month or more regularly. And that's looking at developing some leaders and building up the network because, you know, potentially we're not always going to be here. So we're in a bit of a season of doing that again. Um, but really, it's about a decentralized movement where there's people that are following Jesus, gathering people in their homes. Um, and then as a network, when God says there's a need to gathering together. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And and you, you mentioned about building up leaders. One of the things I'm interested in as somebody's forming community at the moment is, is about how you build that kind of discipleship culture. Yeah. Um, so I think probably about a year and a half or two years ago, um, I, I really, I'm somebody I don't like labels or phrases or terminology or jargon or anything like that. Um, I'm quite a practical person. And so 
I think in the early stages, I'd hear people who are Christians using phrases like disciple making culture. And the reality is some of these phrases are so far away from the kind of people that we're working with in Somerset who are becoming disciples. So there's these great sort of heady head knowledge things, but actually we we have no clue how to go into the home of some notorious sinners and to help them become disciples. Um, so, but so that's that's sort of my constant tension with phrases like that, that building a disciple making culture. Um, for some people. What they mean by that is how can we do a program in our church with people that's already Christians? Um, for me, how do we build a discipling culture? I started to ask that question in Somerset because it dawned on us this 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 movement needs to go beyond me and Catherine. Yeah. So that's where you then start to think about things like um do, do people understand the vision? Do people understand about God's kingdom? Um, are people praying desperately for what God wants to do? Um, are we developing leaders? Um, not people who have all the answers and who tell people what to do or can give talks for 45 minutes, but people who will have the love and patience to help christ be formed in their people they're gathering and so you start to think about these things so i think for me a big area is um vision vision and values so i think before i would have spent a lot of time on methodology um you know oh we've got to make sure that everybody knows what to do when they gather together now i still think that's a bit important but it's really about people, developing people. So um, personally, I felt I pulled back a bit on kind of helping people think, what are we going to do to really go in a lot deeper with some of the people to understand what kind of people does God want us to be? Um, and that that's slower, harder work, but in the end is more fruitful. Okay, so what was behind that question was around, you know, my 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 hope and my dream is to help come alongside people uh, to become disciples of Jesus, mm -hmm. and and then how do I teach them how to become somebody who disciples other people? So mm -hmm. I suppose what you what you're saying then is by focusing on helping that person through vision and values. That once they get that, that will automatically start taking place in their life. Is is that kind of what you yeah, mean? I think, you know, we've got four kids and our eldest son is now 19. And if it hadn't dawned on me already, it is now that really they they are now our kids. They're getting older. Really, they're starting to build their lives now. So, um anything of any value in their lives from a eternal perspective um, has come through the foundation that we've been able to give them. So 
if I think about that in Mission Somerset, um, you know, you read a lot in Paul's letters, don't you? He talks about imitating, imitate me. Um, I'm sending Timothy to you to remind you of my ways that I teach in every church. Um, Paul, when he's writing to the Romans, is saying because of his message and the way he worked among the people, he's fully presented the gospel from Jerusalem to Illyricia. So there's something about our message and the way that we live. So this is where, again, it's all God. It's all God's work, but it's by our example. Yes. So am I am I doing the things that I would hope other people do? Am I am I calling people to prayer, desperate prayer? Am I regularly in the scriptures? Am I sharing with people? Hey, look, God's saying this to me and I'm going to do this, even though I'm finding it hard and there's opposition. Am I passing things on to other people and multiplying it um so you can't get away from this idea of that it's about us and our example um whilst also knowing <laughs> it's god's work in other people yeah, um, yeah that's good it's just it's just too easy to just to to give other people messages or you know stand up from the front and give a uh, some kind of powerful message which leaves people feeling well amazed but in no way shows them how they're going to do that yeah so disciple making is a hard work um you actually get the only thing you get out of making disciples is the joy of seeing other people become more successful than you which that's that is a great joy yes but if you're in it for yourself there won't be anything. <laughs> um, and you say whole life, you know, I think Paul, didn't Paul say, you know, we loved you so much. We didn't just impart the gospel to you, but our whole lives. Yes. So, you know, how you do it, what to do, tools, methodology, they're helpful. But what's most important, in my opinion, and what we've seen in Somerset is, sharing the gospel in your whole life with people yes yeah that's great and ben i've just got a couple more questions if that's okay yeah the next one is why aren't we seeing more christians and churches making disciples what, <laughs> what's your view on that well i think i get quite passionate about making disciples and sometimes make big generalizations that about what is or isn't happening. So I think ultimately we trust God, you know, it's yeah. God's work. God is speaking to people, but in my experience, um, making disciples is hard work. It's costly. It involves denying yourself and taking up your cross and serving God and others. So, that's the re that's probably the root reason um it's very different from the idea of going to a church having a nice experience being helped with all of your problems and somewhere down the line after a few years being asked about do you want to be baptized or have you thought about sharing the gospel with other people you know you think about those first disciples 
Jesus's first invitation was come and follow me and I'll teach you to fish for more people. So straight away, that's what they were invited into. Um, and, you know, some other things, we, we spent quite a bit of time doing kind of training around some of these things a few years ago with all different types of churches, mission organizations, or, you know, anybody that was thinking about mission or disciple making or doing church differently. And from doing all of that all around the UK and in Europe, we kind of talked about three, there's three main obstacles about why people don't do this. Um, because lots of people talk about it. Some people pray about it, but very few people actually do something about it. And so when we would do these weekend trainings, which were all around going to somewhere to find a person of peace or starting to gather people to disciple them. So it wasn't a big complicated thing. Um, it was, you know, just the next little step for people that wanted to do it. What we found was there's was three main reasons why, why people who are Christians didn't or found it hard to make disciples. One was fear. There was big fear. I've experienced it around um, talking to people or sharing the gospel with people that don't know Jesus. Um, fears around what will my church leaders say? What will my Christian friends say? What? So there's lots of issues around fear, which stop people from obeying Jesus and making disciples. Two, um, skills. People don't know how to. Um, so it's so amazing when people come and visit in Somerset because they just see even donkeys like me and my wife and other people can do it. So I think that's a genuine thing. People just don't know how to do it. Um, and then three is time. You can have all these great desires and pray and want to do all these things, but if you don't actually put time in your diary, to gather people, to invest in relationships, to pray, to go and share the gospel, it won't happen. So, you know, lots of other things, but those are three sort of main areas that we kind of boiled it down to because everybody wants to do it. You know, Christians all say they know they should be doing it. But um, Jesus said, didn't he? You know, the wise man is someone who hears and actually does it. So, yeah, I think just trying to change the the paradigm from we're just listening to what God is saying to we're listening to what God is saying and we're also going to help each other do it. Yes. Courageously, immediately, boldly. And we're also going to multiply this to other people that we know. Yes. That sounds great then. And is that how you overcome those fears in community by examples with one another, supporting one another? Is, is, is that how those fears were overcome? Yeah, I mean, how do, how do I overcome my fears? You have good friends that you're honest with in community that you share with and you don't get defensive when they ask you why, what happened there then, Ben? Yeah. And also, because you can only... You can only make other disciples if you're a disciple yourself. Yeah. So the, the temptation is to think that multiplication is something that we're working towards and it's this magic thing. The reality is 
everything is multiplying. So if I sit at home all day, do nothing and watch the TV all day, my children will do that because you multiply your example. So one of the most amazing things that I've done is learn. The best thing I can do is to is to help other people see how I've overcome fears myself. So yes. I was very fearful when we first started about talking to anybody about Jesus. Didn't We didn't know any people really that were not Christians. I was very busy and well-known in lots of church circles in Somerset, yet we were faced with the challenge of we didn't know anybody who wasn't a Christian. And that's that's the fundamental, I think, starting place of making disciples. So that was a big challenge. Um, and so something I tend to do when I'm faced with a challenge where I realise I don't have it within me to do something that I know is needed, I'll set an alarm on my phone because it's prayer that changes things. So um, I set an alarm three times a day in the morning, the lunchtime, and the evening. And every time it went off, I just said, Lord, give me boldness to preach the gospel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, God, God answers prayer. Yeah. And it wasn't this magical boldness, but he started taking me into situations where I was absolutely petrified. But I knew, hang on, I prayed for these opportunities. And, uh, you know, so I think prayer overcomes like that fear. And we see it, don't we, in the scriptures when the apostles were threatened and beaten and told, don't talk about Jesus any anymore. They went back, reported back to their friends, and then they prayed. The Holy Spirit filled them and they preached even more boldly. So this aspect of the prayer, you know, going on behind the scenes all the time. Yes. Excellent, Ben. And my last question really is, from what you've described in Mission Somerset and what you do and how, how you're making disciples, is that something that can be done in traditional church? Is that something that people could fit into traditional church? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think sometimes the tendency me or other pioneering types could have would be to say, you know, God is wanting to do something new. Therefore, anything that is the old or the same is is let's just throw it all out so i don't think that's god's heart really i think god god loves people um and god is looking for people that will hear what he's saying put it into practice and share it with other people so that has nothing to do with whether someone goes to a church on a sunday or is part of a denomination or meets in a home that's got nothing to do with that it's a state of people's hearts um for us we felt that for something to multiply across somerset we needed to do something different to what we were involved with and that was more a response to god's call on our lives than a than a critique on the church if that makes sense yeah um but my question would be to any Christian I meet, it's about hearing, obeying and sharing Jesus. And it's the same message that I say to people in Mission Somerset now, because 
the issues are the same whether you meet in a building whether you've been a christian for 20 years or whether you meet in a home and you've been a christian for one year it's the same challenge what is jesus saying are we going to do it and who are we going to share it with are we going to love god and are we going to love each other as the church um you know the challenges are different if you're involved in a church then if you are meeting in a home with a group of people that previously were drug addicts and are now followers of jesus challenges are different god gives grace to different people to face different challenges um but uh the, i suppose the challenge is things don't change by talking about it um god transforms people when they obey him and when they respond to his holy spirit so that that would probably be the challenge i would say to people involved with churches can it change of course it can because god can change anything but it's just thinking through how can he how might he do that when it seems that the prevailing expectational way of doing things is not necessarily around what i might understand disciple making to be yeah um and it's it's fraught with challenges you know it's just practical challenges like if you're part of a church and you're not a leader and you gather some people in your home are you allowed to baptize them um are you allowed to say to those people that have been baptized you can now baptize other people um that's what i think scripturally should happen but that raises questions if you're in an organization or a way of doing things where that hasn't been normal yes yeah so there's it's always more of a practical issue than a theoretical yes can can God do this kind of thing in established churches? Yeah, of course he can, because God can do anything. <laughs> Will people allow him to do it? Probably is more the question. Yeah. Which is and the same for all of us. That's, so. that's really great. Thank you. And is there anything else that you want to add at all uh, or say? Um, just looking through. Um No, I think just uh, I think just this the vision. The vision is so important. What is it that God wants to do? Yeah. And um, I'm sure and certain, and we've started to see it in Somerset that God wants to start churches and communities in the harvest because the pool of Christians in the UK is dwindling and dwindling. And God seems to be all over the UK speaking to people and giving them a dissatisfaction. Um, and it's not a criticism of the church. It's a response to what is God wanting to do? And so I'm sure that God is at work because we've seen it out in the harvest in the world amongst people. God is working to draw people to Jesus and if people like me and you and other people that are already Christians will will try and look and see where God is at work, I think we'll be amazed. Yeah. And if we can try and affirm and encourage these new disciples to be the church, to become leaders, I think we can see amazing things happen. Yeah, I'm into that. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, thank you so much. It's been a 
a real blessing this morning. Bless you.